Hello there, lollygaggers. Got another week on tap here. <laughs> Little Billy Joel to get us started. We are lollygagging sports. I am Bo Reed, joined as always by Samantha Button and Matthew Irby. And, uh, you know, obviously we're going to get into our, into our, you know, various topics that, that uh, from around the league, Samantha, that we've been eyeing this week. But I want to start with some, some of the, like, the latest news that's been circulating uh, around baseball. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> Actually, come to think of it, I think there's going to be some fans that are screaming at security guards that it's their life, you know, open up with my life. It's their life because beer sales at four, I think it's up to four, uh, because games are moving so quickly now, uh, four teams have now said that you can buy beer after until the eighth inning and still, instead of the seventh inning. I'm trying to wrap my head around this because I think there's a, a pretty clear problem with, with, with this. <laughs> extending it to the eighth inning that I can't quite put my finger on. What are your thoughts here on, on, on some of these some of these ballparks? We're up to four. It seems to be spreading. I, yeah, because the point of this was more about the back end rather than the front end. So, like, I mean, like, the whole point yeah. of cutting off beer sales in the seventh is that people needed to be, like, relatively sober in order to drive their car home. So, like... Now you're selling it for an extra inning, and theoretically the innings themselves are going faster. Like, the only way this flies is if you had a whole bunch of games going into extras, right? right? And you're like, well, all the games are going 14 innings, but it's actually the opposite. So, and plus, we're hearing the concession sales are actually up. Um, So, you know, I'm (laughs) having a hard time. But there's been a lot of beer-related weirdness. Like, we had the, you know, the, the Cubs claiming they invented the beer bat. Um, which they did not. Those things have been in the minors for years. It was actually invented by the, the Hartford Yard Goats, and it's been very popular in minor league baseball for years because they thought that this would combat the beer snake. And then, even more hilariously, someone made a beer snake out of the beer bats. So, well done, whoever you are, that. <laughs> and in Baltimore, we have the Dong Bong, um, which is not full of beer that we know of, but it is a beer bong. Um, <laughs> tremendously good home run celebration. By the way, um, absolutely outstanding. I'm sure we'll all get sick of it in a couple of weeks, but you know, well done. And you know what? Like, I, I have bad news for them. We're not calling it the Homer Hose. It's the Dog Bomb now. <laughs> I actually have one of those um, one of those bats you can you can fill with beer and make a beer bat. Now, granted, you could also fill it with diet soda if you want to, but that's not near as much fun. Irby, how about you? <laughs> what are your thoughts here on on pushing beer sales back an inning? I, uh, well, so I'm going to be completely 100%, you know, just all about me for a moment as somebody who usually by the seventh inning forgets, oh, shoot, I'm out of time and is rushing at the bottom of the seventh. But you see, when I'm at home, I don't want to leave while the team's, our offense is hitting. So usually I'm at that moment. Now it's going to be wonderful that I'm walking over there in the eighth going, oh, I'm okay. I'm okay. But uh, not overly surprised by this at all. Major League Baseball, you know, does what they're doing. I understand what they're doing. Speed the game up. And finally, somebody put two and two together and went, wait a minute. We're going to lose X amount of dollars. And it seemed like the money's pretty significant. Uh, when you really break it down, 81 home games, that is some significant money lost. So, yeah, not surprised we saw this coming. Is, is, okay, is it, though, honestly? Because people are pounding beers all through those early innings, like, how much do are we thinking? 
you lose with with, with that one with with time speeding up and not going into the eighth inning. Is it really You're that big? The bishops. <laughs> They're saying concession sales are up, and also, like, never underestimate, like, how good drunks are at calculating time when they're going to get cut off, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so they're just going to buy two beers before that. Like, trust me, like, the the drunks are going to find a way to get their alcohol. Like, don't worry, they drew baseball. It's fine. Like, it would probably be better if they drank it earlier in the game, but, like, I don't know. But, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not. The whole cutting off alcohol sales thing to me seems a little bit ridiculous anyway, considering almost every ballpark has bars that are directly adjacent to it. And if you really wanted to, you could just leave the ballpark and go have seven more beers and then go drive your car home. So I'm not sure this really matters. Uh (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's what I would do. Now, granted, I'm not driving in this scenario, but if I reach the sixth inning and I'm out of beer, I know that I'm not going to be able to get another beer after the seventh. So, yeah, I'm getting two. But you get two. Exactly. Or there's like a not insignificant number of ballparks, too, where like the majority of people going there are not driving. Like, (laughs) you know, like what does anyone care? Like, why do you not sell beers in the ninth inning at Yankee Stadium? Who the hell's driving the Yankee Stadium? You have to be insane to try to navigate that car. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, and you know, just to add, add, add to this conversation, South Florida. Is actually kind of it's got a unique little problem when it comes to that. Not necessarily a problem, but like you, you, you can take the train to Miami, and the train sells booze, <laughs> so you could get tanked at the ballpark and then tanked on the train coming home. Here's hoping you Uber to the train station. So to add to your <laughs> spot on assessment there a second ago, Samantha about how bars all around these stadiums. Well, yeah, now South Florida has a bar train. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure most car. trains allow alcohol, or at least they look the other way. I mean, I know technically you can't drink on, like, let's say the New York City subway or, like, the NJ Transit, but, like, everyone, like, there's a reason why when you're in Penn Station and you buy a beer, they hand you a paper bag. Because basically, if you want to drink on, like, let's say the shuttle to Secaucus to go to a Giants game or a Jets game at Meadowlands, like, nobody's giving you a ticket for drinking a beer on the train as long as the beer is inside the bag. Like, that's why they hand the bags. Like, you think the cops don't know they're handing those bags out in the train station? I'm like, come on. I, <laughs> I, and then it's the train drinking that you'd have to worry about. If you were going to then drive into New Jersey or South Florida or whatever, like, it wouldn't be the stadium beer that would be the problem. That would one off. It would be the train beer. So, like, I don't know that Major League Baseball is, like, necessarily, like, responsible for stopping people from getting drunk <laughs> in situations adjacent to sporting events and then driving their cars. Like, how about just don't drive drunk? How about just don't do it? Like, I right. don't think that people who are going to drive drunk will be stopped by beer sales any of the seven days. So. <laughs> uh, you know that's around the corner. Some kind of, like, you know, sign up for Uber and get a free beer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't hate it. A cooler in the back seat. <laughs> oh, hey, grab your beer. It's on the. It's, yeah. it, 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 it's on the <laughs> Enjoy your ride while we take you home. Oh boy! All right. <sighs> All right, Samantha. Let, let's kick off our our two things segment with you. Uh, what things? What, what are you looking at so far this week in the great game of baseball? All right, so let's talk again. Let's let's sort of revisit the the new rules again and, and talk about you know we touched on this last week where we 
we talked about who might be best positioned to kind of take advantage of this. And I wanted to, now that we have a little bit more data, kind of zero in specifically on teams that are fast, uh, teams that have a lot of speed, and what the new rules mean for them. And it's become very apparent already because the stolen base attempts and success rate are way up, like way up. Um, and uh, interestingly, too, the early data is also showing that the this pickoff move limitation has dramatically increased success rate for stolen bases. So now, if you throw over once, teams are incentivized to run because they know you're taking a risk if you do it again, whereas throwing over used to have the opposite effect. It used to actually decrease attempts because guys were getting afraid of thrown out, but the, getting thrown out, but this has had the opposite effect. So Tom Tango has some interesting stuff up on Jack has about this, uh, sort of showing that actually this has increased the chances that people will steal bases, which is great. That means it's working. That's what we wanted to see. So, I mean, who's being helped out by this? Well, it's fastest teams in baseball who are in order right now, Philadelphia, Tampa Bay, Cleveland, and Texas, and then a three-way tie in fifth between Kansas City, Baltimore, and Arizona. And that makes sense. Um, these are mostly, with the exception of Texas, the same teams that were in the mix a year ago. The last year it was Cleveland at number one. Second, it was a tie between Kansas City, Tampa Bay, and Pittsburgh, followed by Philadelphia and the Dodgers. And Cleveland also the fastest team in 2021. Uh, and just, you know, in case you're wondering, the slowest teams, the White Sox, unsurprising. The Mariners, <laughs> a little surprising. The Giants, yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense. So, um, but interesting stuff. Uh, certainly, I think it's already showing, you know, the early returns, and, and there's no reason this shouldn't be projectable, um, that if you are a team that has a lot of speed, then this is very much to your benefit, and these rules are, are really going to help you. It's encouraging still in basis. I think it's great. I mean, obviously, everybody here thinks it's great because our teams are in that top four, right? right? But I, I also think, you know, objectively speaking, I think this is really good for baseball. We all love still in basis. I mean, there's... I think there's an interesting experiment in psychology where you can talk about, you know, ask people what do they like to see more. If you don't have a dog in a fight, if it doesn't involve your team, what would you rather see? You want to see the guy get away with stealing the base and you want to see the catcher cut it down. It says a lot about, like, you know, your view of society. I think you root for the thief or you root for the guy that catches them. Interesting stuff. You know what? I've, so far, at least, and, and I agree with you. I, you know, I think this is very projectable. I don't. I don't think this is something that's you know, that, that's a fad. That's gonna you know, as we get into the dog days, it's gonna slow down. I think it's exactly this is what it's going to be like all year long. And it's, it seems to me that not just this, the pitch clock here, every, every the style of baseball that we really liked is back, and this is a big part of it. And we're, we're going to start to see, I think, a lot more small ball. It's not all about the home runs anymore. Teams are going to – it's get them on, get them over, get them in. We've been saying that since we were in T-ball, right? Like, that's baseball. And it seems like these new rules that we were a little skittish about on some of these, let's be honest, they seem to actually be doing what baseball intended. Yeah, I think so. I mean, this is – it's really incredible how well these rules are working not just in terms of are they enforceable, but are they actually making the game better? They are. I mean, mm -hmm. we've all, you know, everybody's kind of come around on the pitch clock. This is good. The, the shift, I think we need a little bit more data. I mean, if we, 
Mm-hmm. I think we've seen maybe one shift violation so far. So, and we've certainly seen some creative alignments. The Royals are <laughs> with this. You know? Yeah, they are. So, unsurprisingly, so that that is that is happening. It'll be interesting to see what that does. If anything, um, Royals, I suppose, you know, being a, a terrible team who nobody expects to compete, can act as like the real live in person lab league. For this, um, hey, why not? Let's let the Royals try it, right? It's not going to change anything for them or for anybody else. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm encouraged by this. I like this. This is a style of baseball that we all want to see. So, right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Irby, how about you? What are your thoughts here? I, more action is never a bad thing. You know, we, we went through this spell of where the home run ball um, a few years ago, really was building and building, and everyone got excited about it. We were talking home run chases and all that, and unfortunately, what we you know I, we 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 knew what was going to happen. But what we saw overall is exactly what was expected. Is once you go down that path, you you put yourselves to the three true outcomes, and that's all we were getting. We were just getting the same thing: rinse, frost, repeat, over and over and over again. And it's not building the game; it's getting lazy. You know, I, I, I enjoy guys like Joey Gallo, but it got to a point where it's like, okay, we everybody knows what's going to happen here. Like, you you literally can't take bets because it's the odds are ever in your favor for what's going to happen here. So, it's and that, though, as wonderful as the home run ball is, it's not action. Yeah, sure, we were seeing long balls and boom, and there's some excitement there, but it, that's not action. This is action here. When there's constant movement, when there's constantly something happening that is what gets i mean what gets us excited we, we enjoy things like that where it is you don't know what's going to happen this guy's going to steal i mean i what is it the one that we you know as we're recording you know, framville ray has hit an infield single stuff like that you know the, we're getting triples like crazy we're having stolen bases the first the third i you know that's the one i love the most the first the third i love the first the third get, get the guy in motion mm-hmm. ball opposite way first the third Stuff like that. That is baseball to me. That is moving on. It's productive outs. Productive outs. Moving guys first. They're things in motion. Keep it in motion. Keep it in motion. Keep it in motion. That is next level baseball. And what you get with it is you get the purist. Who we love that because you start seeing the strategy come out with hit and runs and steals. And okay, I need to get enough of a lead to make him throw over twice so that he can't do it again. You know, that stuff. We all get to see that. The average fan gets to see runs being scored, not through the home run ball. Though we're still having it, and it is a lot of fun, hitting balls in the gap. Like, like, like I, I, that is something that a, any fan can get excited. When you've got a, especially at a game, when you've got a nice elevated seat, you see a ball hit into a gap, and you're doing that quick math of looking at the runner from first, rounding second, heading towards third, looking at where they're throwing and going, he's going to get him. No, no, he's going to, you know, and, and it's that. That's the excitement. That's the anticipation. Because the home run ball, as wonderful as it is, you know what's happened. Crack, boom, a couple seconds later, we know what's happened. It's over with. This stuff in motion leads to excitement. It leads to things that you don't see all the time. It leads to that anticipation. And that's the beauty of baseball is the art of anticipation. And exactly that, the triple, the scoring from first, on a, uh, a, a gapper, a, the second to home, on a single right up the middle. That's the stuff that we love because we all know what can happen, 
And it's just that much more exciting when we get to see it happen both ways, the out and the run, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It's action. Smith, anything you want to add to that? Uh, no, no, just uh, keep an eye on uh, my Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, we're in the mix here. They're in that fifth place tie that we mentioned, but they do have the fastest guy in Major League Baseball, Corbin Carroll, who we're going to talk about a little bit later for another reason. Uh, <laughs> cool. All right. Well, what else do you have for us then? All right. So I thought we could do a little uh, take a look at uh, who's had a horrendously bad start. So let's look at the teams that are either at the bottom of their division or who are performing unusually poorly or, let's say, unexpectedly poorly Mm -hmm. and talk about whether or not we think this is legit or not. So I'll just run through them real quick and then kind of weigh in on, you don't necessarily need to weigh in on all of them, but, you know, your thoughts on this in general. Um, In the American League, there's not really anything going on in the East, I think, that is significant here. Uh, Nobody really looking that bad. Even Boston, you know, we can last place. They they look about how we expected. Kansas City and Detroit in the cellar in the Central, no surprise there. I don't think we expect that to change. In the West, Oakland in the basement, as one would expect, but Seattle and Houston, Mm -hmm. uh, very, very poor. So those are the ones that I'm kind of keeping an eye on. Like, yeah, unfortunately, I don't think either of these teams will actually I don't care if Seattle's good. You know, unfortunately, Houston is not this bad, guys. So they're going to get better. So bummer for everybody. Um, and then the Mariners will get better as well. Um, in the National League, you know, the Phillies, a bit of a disappointing start. I think they will be okay. In the Central, St. Louis Cardinals in last place, I believe, uh, or at least last place as of this morning. Um, obviously, we don't expect them to stay there. You can flip that one around, too, if they really expect the Brewers to continue the way they are. The Pirates, probably not. Nothing doing in the West, either, but, you know, if I'm highlighting these, I'm probably looking at St. Louis, Seattle, and Houston as the most significant in terms of, like, yeah, these teams are at the bottom, but they're not going to stay there. Yeah, so I absolutely agree with you on on Houston. Um, this is just a bad start. We, we, we saw this from them last year. Um, you know they they got they scuffled out of the gate last year and then ended up with the top seed in the American League. So it's way too early. Mm-hmm. It's way too early to, to to do to that with Houston. Uh, I, St. Louis, I think I they're they're not as good as Houston, but they're better than what they're playing. So I'm going to call that April as well. But I don't know about Seattle. That's that's the one that you mentioned that I'm I'm starting to wonder. Are we going to have to start talking about the Mariners last year maybe being a fluke? Because they 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 also. To be fair, they also got out to kind of a sluggish start last year, just like they like they're doing now, and then they turned it on. They this team could still turn it on, but you got injuries already in the rotation. Their bullpens blowing leads. That's the kind of stuff that you, you can say, okay, maybe it's April, but I don't know. I have a different feel here. Maybe it's just my gut, Irby. But Seattle's the one team of that three where I'm thinking maybe it's not just an April swoon. Uh, yeah, I, well, before that, the one that ticks me off the most that you mentioned, Smith, is the Detroit. I really felt like the Tigers were starting to make some progress, starting to make some positive movement, but it seems like they're going to just hit reset all over again and continue this stupid process of, we're rebuilding every two years. So, good riddance, whatever, Detroit. Um, the West, yeah, the West is right. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I, the Houston, it'll it'll ride its ship pretty easily. I think you can look at the run differential they have as a plus 13, even though you're one game under 500, that's going to ride itself. Um, Oakland, sure. I mean, yeah, that you know, two and nine, negative 53. 
I sure, yeah, sounds about right. What you guys are wanting, so it's even what you're playing for. So they maybe even they're doing a little better than they hoped. Uh, but yes, the Seattle one is probably the uh, the 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 uh, most alarming of everybody there. Um, and it's like you said, Bo. It's the way they're losing games. It's the little things, and and you can't do those. You can't make those mistakes when. You have a Texas and an L.A. teams that are building and are getting better and are, as we are seeing, off to um, above 500 starts. So, yeah, that is uh, – that, that, that's the, the problem for Seattle there. Obviously, way early, way early, only only 100 and, 158 more games to play. Or, sorry, 148, 140, only 148 more games to play. Um, but it is an alarming trend. It's not a great start. Um, I don't like the the. I, it's just yeah. The baseball. I love that 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 phrase of you know everybody wins fifty four, everybody loses fifty four. It's what you do with those other fifty four that matter. And Seattle right now is losing in those other fifty four games. And when that happens, that's the difference. And you will put yourself in enough of a hole where. You're not getting out with with the teams the way they're doing the, the 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 three teams ahead of you what they can do what they're building you might catch one of them but you're not going to catch all of them and so Seattle is digging themselves an early grave again it's early plenty of time to get out but yes that is not a great start out there in Seattle yeah you know, plus you look at Samantha how how Seattle's losing games is how Texas is winning games and. That's that's I don't I don't know if that's going to continue, but that for me is the big difference between the two of them right now. Yeah, I, for me, I think it's like look, Seattle had a, a pretty rough schedule to start. I mean, they had to play seven games against Cleveland. That's that's tough. They lost the season sure. series there, so that's part of it too. Um, also, like I will give you Texas. I don't know about LA. I, I'm not sure I buy that. So. We'll see. I mean, like, Texas looks pretty legit. I'm not sure I'm buying the Angels. So, we'll see. I mean, and it's not like... I, I might buy that the Mariners won't have as good of a season as they did a year ago, but are they going to be a lot better than they look right now? Absolutely, yes. Oh, I sure. That they are. I mean, I'm not sure an injury to Robbie Ray is something that's going to change their season. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think they have a problem because of Texas. That's yeah. what I think. I think they have a very significant problem in the form of the Texas Rangers that you know what you're doing right now may very well end up mattering. The Angels, not so much. But I don't know if you're getting two wild cards under that division. I don't know. Like so that's that could potentially be a huge problem for them. Yeah. And this is why we said the ceiling for Texas was second. This is why. Right. Like, yeah. This this right here is mm-hmm. why. <laughs> yep, it sure is. Irby, anything you want to add here? Uh, no, the only other one I would say is is the Colorado one. Um, that one's alarming just because 500 was the mark, so three games under. Got a lot of work already. Well, he did say that was their goal. Not <laughs> that they could actually do it. Yeah, I, I, goal <laughs> benchmark. Isn't that kind of the same? Yeah, yeah. You know, it, yeah. Glad, work to do. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Samantha, because we just talked just for a brief second about if you're – typically when you say a goal – it's not something that's that's you would expect to attain. It's a goal, right? It's like, hey, this is this is a nice shiny object we would like to reach one day. 
uh, it's not something you actually expect. Otherwise, you say you call it an expectation and not a goal, right? So what he's actually saying is our goal is 500. Are we going to get there? Of course not. But that's our goal. I mean, in a way, to be fair, like, to your point, maybe he was being more accurate than we gave him credit for. Like, I mean, Dick yeah. Montfort kind of stuck his foot in his mouth multiple times this offseason. It is not the first time that's happened. But if you look at it that way, like, the, the, when you when you say it like that, it's like, well, I don't know, maybe he was being accurate. That they're hoping to go 500. That seems like a more realistic goal for them, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it, it is, yeah. but. That's the problem is is that they're going to be three games under 500 and he's going to trade the farm to get those three extra wins and get to 500 because that's the goal. Well, he's not Artie well, Moreno. Isn't he, though? Well, he's yeah. Not, he's not that bad. <laughs> he's worse. <laughs> no, he's worse. <laughs> I, would, I would think Colorado, at least if they had two of the best players in baseball, could at least go 500 at that point. <laughs> we know the Angels can't do that. <laughs> Which is, I'm sure exactly why you're like, here, take Nolan Arenado and we'll pay for him to play for you for free. It makes a ton of sense. And then we're going to go spend more money getting Chris Bryant. Sure, sure. It makes a ton of sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that happened. <laughs> maybe they'll, uh, <laughs> maybe they'll depoto this and send, like, like, you know, like an all star closer to the Dodgers or the Padres. Did they have an all star closer set? Probably not. Probably not. No. <laughs> All right, Herbie, you're up. <laughs> what are you looking at this week? Well, as uh, as Samantha mentioned a little while ago, um, I, I wanted to just touch on one of the, the, the top prospect in baseball who's up there, Corbin Carroll. Uh, the Diamondbacks making the commitment and already paying the man. And him coming out of the gate running, literally, uh, five steals already on the season. Uh, we got some on-base concerns that we, you know, there's a little bit of concern, but I'm not worried about that. But still, I, you know, the numbers, we, we, we kind of know he's with Arizona, where they're going, there's plenty of time to figure out. I really want to touch on the fact of Arizona's opening day. Like, baseball is an emotional, it, it is a passionate sport, it is a, it is a safe place for all of us. It reminds us of when we were kids and we were youth, and Corbin Carroll on the Arizona Diamonds opening day, got dropped off at the ballpark by mom and dad. It doesn't get any better than that. Oh, such a great story. <laughs> and, the, and the photo, Samantha, was priceless. Hugging mom. <laughs> Getting ready to go. I, I mean, it's like I didn't really need like more evidence to love Corbin Carroll, but I got it anyway. I mean... He gets out of the car. Both of his parents get out of the car. It's like when your parents drop you off at college. They each give him a hug, and he waves and walks in. It's just the cutest thing ever. Like, I mean, how do you not love this kid? It's so great, you know, and he's only going to get better. <sighs> Some growing pains he's mentioning on saying, Yeah, sure. But, like, look at the Arizona Diamondbacks showing up and paying, paying him in advance, like, which is more of what we want to see, right? We want to see right. more teams, like, get into this idea that, like, yeah, buy out the arbitration on a team-friendly contract that's worked for a lot of other people, works for the Guardians, works for the Braves. It's a smart way to go. So, uh -huh. I mean, you love this, right? You love this. And, again, like, the Diamondbacks, I mean, you guys, I'm so pleased with my adoption. Like, who is it? If Madison Bumgarner who's basically the worst pitcher in baseball right now, can win a baseball game 
or at least participate in a winning baseball game, then, I mean, what better endorsement of the Arizona Diamondbacks do you need than that? Like, they, they got Madison Bumgarner through a game, <laughs> and he's terrible now. They say this is somebody who loves Madison Bumgarner and wants him to be good, but he's not. He has washed, you guys. He has washed up one side and down the other. But Diamondbacks, man. By Corbin Carroll and his parents. Yeah, yeah, no, no question that, you know, the Diamondbacks, for those that listen to the program, Samantha doesn't usually glow like that about a team that's 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 not the Guardian. So I'm fairly certain that you, they're, they're safe from the, the whole unadoption thing for at least a handful of years. Am I right on that, Samantha? Am I, or am I jumping the gun? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, my only caveats on the, the unadoption are if they do something, like, reprehensible. Like mm-hmm. sign or all this tapping or something disgusting like that that I just can't root for. Like, sure. <laughs> or, or they, you know, if they like traded Corbin Carroll, that that would have been a deal breaker. That's obviously not going to happen. They signed him long term, so yeah, there's not going to be any unadopting. We're we're going to roll with this. We're, we know we know they're not quite there yet, but we're we're going to wait this out. I'm I'm very pleased by this. I I needed an NL team. <laughs> well, the Mets are my NL team, but the, you know, the Mets are the Mets. So the Mets. <laughs> That's going to Padres. Um, but Padres are these. Padres are these, yeah. But I'm, I'm very pleased with what I'm seeing outside of the mess. Very pleased. Oh, boy. Irby, what else do you have for us tonight? This week. Well, well first of all, I do want to notice, um, Samantha, it does seem like as, as the years go by, you're emphasizing the Madison bum garner. You're emphasizing the bum a little more than Madison. I'm Felt a- like you were saying Madison more. Now you're emphasizing the bum. Well done. I don't know if it was intentional, but it's... <laughs> Look, I can't call him Mason Saunders because I don't know for a fact that everybody in the audience is deeply familiar with Madison Bumgarner's alternate life as a rodeo clown. So, <laughs> I do what I can. <laughs> I don't know. That rodeo class seems to be bleeding into his, into his mound time now. It's all one job now. Yeah. It's all one job. Excuse <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so great. All right. Well, yeah, so my other one I wanted to go, um, I'm going to stick players today. We'll talk teams another week. Um, yeah, it, Kode Senga, um, you know, the the missing piece for the Mets, the necessary piece for the Mets while Verlander's trying to figure things out. Um, he's got, and, and give me a second, okay, just let me get this out before you got, I know what y'all are going to do to me, okay? It's all right. But he can name his own pitches. Apparently, that's a thing you can do. You can name on And so he has two pitches that he likes to call them. One is the sweeper. I believe there's another name we've had for a while on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one is the ghost ball. Now, the ghost ball is the one I really want to focus a little bit more on because his accuracy with this pitch is not there. But the best part is... He has gotten more swing and misses on this ghost ball when the ball has hit the plate. Okay? That's not even a strike in slow pitch softball. <laughs> but apparently enough people are fooled right now. Now, if you look at the map, if you look at his book, go find a map of where this pitch is. It, it, it's pretty accurate to the nine-year-olds who I coach who have just started kid pitch for the first time. Like, it's just, he's just trying to get it close and everything, but so I'm curious to see how, once teams get a little bit of a book on him, once they get used to him, see it a few times, how that's all going to change. Um, but as of right now, it's working. And while it's working, 
It's the ghost ball. All right. For the record, everything is a strike in the beer leagues of softball. Let's be clear on that. So beer Not league- when it hits the plate. <laughs> if it hits the plate, that's a ball. <laughs> <laughs> Samantha, what, what are we thinking about the ghost ball here from, from Mr. Singa? Okay, well, first of all, you guys, it's a ghost fork. <laughs> Not a ghost ball. Oh, right, ghost fork ball. It's a ghost fork. Right. It's a ghost fork ball. Um, well, it kind of gives away what it really is. <laughs> yeah, can I, am I allowed to say it now? Like, he calls it ghost fork ball. You guys know that he knows this is a splitter, right? Or he yeah. knows this is just a splitter. Like, sorry, man. Like, I love your adorable little bit with the ghost holding the pitchfork. Like, I think that that's great and it's very cute and all, but like, it's a splitter. Like, come on, man. Thanks. <laughs> I, not begrudging him his fun, but like, let's all acknowledge that this is a splitter, mm-hmm. and let's all acknowledge that a sweeper is a slider. So, settle down. You, you <laughs> don't just get to come over here and rename all the pitches. Uh, <laughs> I like your bit, but like, the ghost for ball is not something we haven't seen before. It's a splitter. <laughs> okay, so how about, Samantha, let's. Let's go back to preseason when we were talking about the mess. We talked mm-hmm. about saying we had we had some concerns about him being able to grip his ghost fork ball slash splitter correctly. Irby mentioned the control problems. He looks to me like he's still having some trouble with that grip. He right. Did. This is exactly yeah, exactly what we were talking about. Where we're saying it's not saying this is a demandable pitch for him. We're saying that the ball is smaller and tackier um, in KBO and in the Jack and in this family. So it's not going to play exactly the same in major baseball and you can see it. And it's, this is not to say that he can't figure out how to control it properly. I think he can, mm-hmm. but it's the exact problem that we were worried about with this. That like, yeah, this isn't going to work quite the same way. And until we get that tackier ball, and that like sidebar, the tackier ball is being lab loose again in double A. So, you know, keep an eye out for that. Mm-hmm. But as far as this thing goes, yeah, the concern with this, and this is, I think it's, you know, a little bit of a deep dive, but I'm going to assume most people here are sort of vaguely familiar with how these types of pitches work. Um, yeah, it's it's going to make a difference on a pitch like this with a different ball, and that's why he's having the slight control issues that he's having. And he's also on borrowed time here, is he not? Because eventually the book's going to get out. When he likes to throw this pitch in, and which counts he likes to throw this pitch in, which parts of the game he likes to throw this pitch in, what it looks like coming off his hands, gonna 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 start spreading around the league. Eventually, everyone's just gonna watch it hit the plate. They're not gonna be swinging and missing at it anymore. And he's gonna have to get that under control. Well, right, exactly. I mean, if this is your finisher or whatever, then it has to be a strike. Yeah, exactly. He's on borrowed time because eventually everyone's going to get the book on him and they're going to stop waving at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Irby, anything else on this one? Well, yeah, I would say that if you start looking at other numbers on this of Cody, look, again, he's going to have their people are going to adjust to him. He's going to have an opportunity to adjust back. That's where you have the success. Mm-hmm. You know, we've laughed about you, Darvish, the issues that he's had on. You, Darvish, has done a great job of constantly trying to adapt to people adapting him and he's done a great job of it. Okay, I will not tolerate so, so. any new Darvish slander. Yes, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. 
Right there with you. Code A, the, the, the concerns are, and this is the outline numbers, this is when we dive deeper, as you guys are saying, when we look at it, and it's the things that could be outliers, they could be nothing, but it's if things fall apart, it makes sense. His, you know, the obvious one is the walk rate. That's got to get better, again, early on. But the percentage of balls that are hitting the sweet spot or hard hit are way above league averages. That right there, and there's where the problem's going to be, is is you're going to start seeing these games when he doesn't have it, people are being patient, and suddenly he's gone three innings with five home runs allowed. (laughs) And 80 pitches. Yeah, isn't isn't the barrel rate really high on him? I mean, I know his barrel no. but. His barrel rate is not right now. It's and, and the reason why. Okay, so all right, sorry. Let me back up. Okay, so on the cutter and the not the cutter, the fast, the sweeper, the sweeper and the fourth seam, the barrel rate is up. But because of the ghost ball, ghost fork, sorry, because of the ghost fork, the barrel rate is actually below league average. So is the launch angle. His average launch angle right now is four point five percent. And it's just because of the success of that ghost fork. Again, if you can keep that going, great. Things are going to work out. But when teams start, like you guys are saying, they start laying off that pitch, they start letting that ball hit the plate and take a ball, then, I mean, here we are, we're looking at ranges at this point. But think, think ranges, and you close that range in. Once you close that range in and you bring up that launch angle, it will bring up that barrel. Okay, when those numbers go up, the hard hit and the sweet spot percentages don't go down. They go up as well. And so that's a problem. Now, all of a sudden, he's get, I mean, when, when people are getting, a, getting the bat on the ball, the barrel rates that you're saying is down, but the hard hit percentage is 44%. Okay, people are hitting this ball hard, but they're hitting it down. When the adjustment's made, that 44%, on a line drive, there's where you suddenly have the five home runs allowed or three straight extra base hits, and, and you give up five runs in eight. Those are the that's the problem, and so that's where that barrel rate, though it's down, I have a feeling like you're saying it's gonna go up. Well, especially if you can't command it and people stop swinging at it, then the barrel rate's going through the roof because exactly, and that's where the so, yeah, and that's where the barrel rate is above league average on the fastball and the sweeper. <laughs> in fact, I mean, it's one it's one thing. If you go look, um, if, if you're going to go look at a map, go find his uh, his heat map on the sweeper, and it'll give you a heart attack. Because if you look where he's getting the outs right now, it's great where he's living, but it's going to be a real problem once people start getting patient. Well, and like, as a, there's a global problem here too, which is like the drag data is out now, and the drag on the ball is like way down which means the effect of people teeing off on stuff like this, like that sweeper, for example, is going to be astronomical when the weather gets warmer. So, yikes. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. yeah, can we... It, it's one of those that if I could, if we could make those bets in Vegas, I would go to Vegas right now and say, Cody will give up a 500-foot home run this year. You know, actually, Smith, I hadn't seen that drag data yet, but that certainly makes sense because of all the people talking about is the juice ball coming back. Not all the way coming back, but yikes. Um, it's not, it's not going to be like it was in the late 90s, but it's still going to be flying. 
So. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we already know we have two balls in play, right? Two right. sets of balls in play. We just mm-hmm. don't know what the percentages are. So we, you know, we have to wait till July until um, people get a hold of enough of them and start cutting them open to see. But we know we have two different balls in play, right? Which always says two balls in play. Always. Always. We can't just have one ball in baseball. <laughs> No, I know last year they tried to say that it was because they ran out of the other balls. You're like, you ran out of balls. You ran out of balls. Like, it's not even a good lie. <laughs> Hang on, you ran sure. out of balls in May? Come on, man, that's just poor Yeah, planning. they ran out of balls and somehow a disproportionately high number of them ended up in Yankee Stadium while Aaron Judge was chasing a home run record. That's weird. <laughs> that's just a coincidence, you know? Imagine that. How strange. <laughs> This, this suddenly feels like the golden ticket episode from The Office when Michael hides the golden tickets all in like the same palette as the one company. Oh, it's so weird how that worked out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, so uh, a couple things I'm looking at um, at the moment. You know, reading about Verlander got me thinking because. Well, he's obviously looking to ramp it up, Samantha. Like he's 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 like oh, I can be ready in April. I, you know, I, I can I can still make an April start. And you know, he's ramping it up. And you got Buck Showalter over there doing what a veteran manager is going to do, which is say, well, hold on now, we don't know. Let, let's just see how this process goes. It's it's a different look than the pre Showalter days, and it just made me start to think about how lucky. The Mets are because it's not just with with Verlander and injuries. Like like, there's no more meltdowns on bad starts. Like he's got that steady hand of leadership that the Mets have really missed over the last handful of years. Well, who knows what Matt Harvey could have been had he had the guidance of Walter? <laughs> Did you really I'm just right. go? There? I, had, I had to. I had to. Okay, no, sorry, Matt. Uh, Harvey <laughs> But yeah, I mean, there, there are so very many reasons to be thankful for Buck Showalter, particularly if you're a Mets fan, um, and this is why we now have the Padres teams instead of the Mets of the West, because, like, look, I mean, you want Justin Verlander to say he's ready way sooner than he is, right? Like, that's what we want out of players. We want guys who want to be out there who are like, no problem, I can throw anyway, even though I'm in pain, and it's fine, and I'll just tough it out. Like, that's your job as a player. And the job of the manager is to say, you know what, buddy? for your own good, for the good of the team. No, we're going to back this off a little bit and we're going to make sure that you're ready. And the problem for the Mets since time immemorial is that they didn't have anyone doing that. So you just had people like just doing stuff. I mean, you know, Matt Hart is, you know, running around in the middle of the night trying to get into, you know, crash in that gala and, you know, this (laughs) long laundry list of pitchers that can't stay healthy because they were apparently setting their own timelines. Like it's just absolutely absurd. And, you know, this, the Major Terry strain is obviously an injury that has a lot of range. You know, we've heard a lot because he and Tristan McKenzie suffered the injury right around the same time. And they said, you know, McKenzie's was actually more serious than Verlander's was. And Verlander also has, like, a brand spanking new arm. So something else to take into consideration as well. Coming off of Tommy John, which is not the same part of the arm, but as we know, as you and I both have emphasized mm-hmm. many times, they all work together, all, the, all those little parts. Mm-hmm. They all work together. It does matter. So, but, you know, he, he's also, like, 40-some years old. So, good for Buck. And, and really, I, I think this is hugely beneficial. I mean, Buck can't stop everything from the Mets from messing, as we know. But certainly things like this are going to be better managed under his watch. 
Yeah. Yeah. Irby, how about you? Anything you want to add here? I, I mean, yes, you're, you're so thankful. You've got to be so relieved to have someone like Buck who it is that pause. It is that, hey, no, we're, we're not trying to win April, okay? This is not, I mean, I, it was a softball game last night. We were watching the Ranger game laughing about the Aroldis Chapman. We were saying, we threw a winner in June. He's like, yeah, because it's April, and by June he's back down into the 90s because he's throwing out his arm. <laughs> Ooh, you don't win anything for winning in April or May or June. And that's what you got. I mean, Showalter, it's it's nice to have, and amongst all this buying and buying and go go go, we gotta go, we gotta go go go. It's nice having one voice going, "Whoa, we're in this fight, even without him." Okay, we've got one team that we. It's a four-team division, and if Philly doesn't wake up, it might become three. You know, it's three, it maybe two. Like like, whoa, we got lots of time to figure this out. You need Verlander in September and October, not April, mm-hmm. not May. Yeah. And so, yes, I love the restraint. I love the restraint of, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Samantha, anything you want to add there? No, but it just makes me wonder about, like, the crop if his career would have looked a lot different had Buck been the manager earlier. Yeah. You know what's crazy? I I quite literally a couple seconds ago had a similar thought about DeGrom. In fact, that DeGrom may need to to send some money to show Walter because Mm -hmm. anyone else managing the Mets, if if it was the same cast of characters managing the Mets last year, he probably doesn't throw more than one or two innings. Right. And then he doesn't get that contract from Texas. Right. And then he re-signs with the Mets and his arm gets worse and he doesn't get his money and Everyone is sad. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to send a really, really nice fruit basket to, to Buck. Uh, <laughs> I like this. Buck is still, still kind of a Rangers manager. He's still helping his old team out. Love it. One <laughs> well, way to look at it, I guess. <laughs> so the other thing, you know, Samantha, you were talking about bad starts. Let's talk about a team that's off to a surprisingly good start. Uh, let's talk about those Pirates for a second. Now, they're 7-5. and five. Which, you know, that's that's okay. That's respectable, especially from the Pirates, who we were expecting to be relatively awful. Uh, or 7-5, that includes losing two out of three to those Astros, who look like they may be starting to figure some things out. But they got the big walk-off win in, in the second game of that series, so they didn't get swept by the Astros. Uh, we talked about the Pirates in the offseason, about the, the moves they were making, how we really weren't quite sure about some of them. But, hey... So far, so good. They're up. They're off to a seventy-five start. Is are they going to come back to the pack and end up being what we thought? Of course they are. But right now, it's fun. It's fun in Pittsburgh, and it hasn't been for a while. Yeah, I think this is great. I mean, this is a, it's a great fan base, and they've suffered a lot. And you know, it's there. There not nearly as many of them left because they've all like defected to the, the Phillies and the Guardians for the most part. But, but you know, what's left there is a good fan base. They don't deserve what's happened to them. And the unfortunate part of this is, of course, that like the Pirates have never had a problem developing or identifying talent. They have a problem keeping it. So right. yeah. it's a little bit frustrating when you think about, are they just going to dump all these guys at the deadline anyway? But in the meantime, we have good baseball in Pittsburgh, which I think is cool. It's fine. There's a lot of guys on this team that we just want to root for, even if it's just, you know, a bunch of old dudes, you know, Carlos Santana and, uh, and Andrew McCutcheon, of course, you know, they're not a favorite son of Pittsburgh. And 
all these guys in Austin who doesn't love Austin Hedges. I mean, I know he can't hit. He's a fantastic catcher and a great dude. And, you know, it's, it's really sad. I mean, it just sucks what happened on Neil Cruz. Like, yeah. that just stinks. It looked like he was kind of starting to figure it out finally. And we were sort of starting to get an idea of, like, okay, who is a Neil Cruz really? And now we were deprived of that, the Pirates. You, know, you have a problem now, right? Because like, you're trying to figure out if this guy can stay at shortstop, and now you don't know. Um, so that's kind of a bummer. But like on the whole, like I think this is great. Like we want everybody to be competitive. Baseball is a better game when there are more competitive teams. And we like the Pirates. I mean, we like them for no other reason than that, that guy that brings the bird to the games. I love that guy so much. Um, like he brings a pair to a game. It's just fantastic to a Pirates game, no less. It's just absolutely perfect. So I'm very much in support of this. I, I hope it lasts. I really do. Yeah, and real quick, Pirates fans that are listening on that on, on Neil Cruz, I know that sucks. It's awful, uh, but he'll be back, and he's gonna come yeah. back. He's gonna come yeah. back, and he's still gonna have a cleaner X-ray and MRI than Carlos Correa. German Shepherd X-ray. <laughs> <laughs> Odell Cruz, still a human being. <laughs> <laughs> he's not bionic. Irby, how about you? What do you think of with these Pirates and their start? <laughs> Well, I'll get the unpopular part out of the way, um, and then people make people mad. But since as a lifelong catcher, I would probably be barking at him too, and he comes slide into me like that. So we're not a slide, O'Neill. Sorry, that's yeah. the catcher coming out. I, I don't disagree with you there, Urban. Yeah. That was awkward. Yeah, but it's all right. It's all right. Um, no, I, I'm enjoying what this is, and, I, and I'm real curious to see what's coming up. They've got a weekend series in St. Louis. This is definitely an opportunity for these guys to. Kind of cement that we are here and we are we, we, we might actually make some noise and I know that's a tough series against Houston but you, you didn't get swift you, you got one out of there um, and that's great after because the start of the year it kind of felt like you know they lose they start the season off losing a series to Cincinnati and it, it, it has that feel like yeah here we go again but then you sweep Boston and you take care of the White Sox so good on you good on you. Game coming up against St. Louis, that'll be a big deal to see what they can do. Yes, the O'Neill Cruz injury kind of sets back on who these guys are, what they're building. But like you guys said, he will be back. There's still plenty of time. He's not. This isn't the end of his run. You know, you are building behind this, and you're building behind a couple out of these players. And, hey, um, it, it, it's it's fun to watch, and, and great job on some of what they've done. And so I'm curious to see. What, what, what Pittsburgh can do if they can hold this one. And, yeah, it will be good if if they're winning games like this and the Cubs are winning games like they are and St. Louis is eventually going to start winning again and Milwaukee's going to freak out because they can't even hold the lead on one team. There's going to be three of them, and they, I don't know what they're going to They're going to clam up real fast. <laughs> How about you? Hey, Brian Reynolds. Hey, Brian Reynolds. How about yes. that? Show, yes. us, show us some commitment, Pittsburgh, and, and hey, Brian Reynolds. Oh, yeah. Or trade him to Texas. Either one. Either one. I'll take him. Yeah, if you don't want him, I'll take him. I'll pay him. Uh, we can send him. Lally, if you don't want to pay him, fine. We'll take care of that for you. But yes, yeah. I, 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 for Pittsburgh's fan base, for their sake, build around him, build around O'Neill, build around Hayes. That is a real good start. Not, not, not to poison the well or anything, and this is very much Homer, uh, but not to poison the well, but don't, don't, don't deal with Cleveland. Don't do a deal with Cleveland. Just don't do that. Why? Because you're going to lose that trade? I thought that was just the Rangers. I thought it was just the Rangers lose any trade to Cleveland. <laughs> no, it's everyone. Like, don't. It's everybody? Okay, yeah. Everybody. Absolutely not trade with us. Like, just don't. Like, don't ever trade with us. Like, I mean, look at even look at the Francisco Lindor deal. Like, look at the cost of 
Jose Ramirez and Andres Jimenez combined cost less money for the Indians, excuse me, the Guardians who are in LA, or I don't know anyone. The Guardians, to extend them, cost less money than Lindor by himself, and Jose Ramirez on his own is a more valuable player <laughs> than Lindor. And I, this is no disrespect to Lindor. I love him, but, like, seriously, they got him out of that deal. They got Ahmed Rosario. I just, I don't, please don't trade the Guardians, you guys. Actually, do, do. Nobody listen to me. No one listens to me. Please keep trading with us. Like, you know, a young gentleman by the name of Peyton Maddenfield throws some just wicked, wicked cutters and acquitted himself very well against the Yankees today. You know, you know who we gave up for that guy? Jordan Luplo. Don't trade with us. Seriously. You won't win. I just, I just, I just want to be clear on this. Like, I'm, I'm only anti-trade with Cleveland if the Rangers are also in on that player. Let's just be clear here. Um... Outside of that, trade with Cleveland all you want to. I'm fine. Just, you know. Well, the, the good news for you is we don't really have use for Brian Reynolds. So you may be a lot. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that wraps up our our various topics for the week. So we have one final time capsule. We're going to put the time capsule on hold for a while. It will be back. Okay. We're, we're, we're very much like Marvel. The time capsule will return. But for now, we, we're going we're gonna to put a little hiatus on it and go into some more fun, outstanding topics that are also going to be interactive for you guys. We're really excited to bring these out starting next week. But, Samantha, you have the honor of having the final time capsule before the break. So where are we going this week? So for our last time capsule before the time capsule goes, I don't know, into a time capsule or something. And we there's a very direct time capsule joke in here somewhere. Um, but yeah, before it, you know, goes into its, its sleeper phase or it hibernates over the summer. It's like the opposite of a bear. The time capsule hibernates over the summer. So last one uh, before the time capsule crawls into its cage uh, for a couple of months, we're going to go back and we're looking at something that is no longer a record, but was at the time, this was just broken last year, uh, the oldest manager to ever win a World Series. Dusty Baker now holds that record at the age of 73. The Houston Astros won the World Series this last fall. So you can choose to recognize that, or you can assume that it will be, you know, effectively nullified in three years. Mm -hmm. We figure out how they achieved it to do it. Uh, but either way, in 2003, this manager, and I want to know if you guys know who he is, was 72 when he won the World Series. You guys know who that is and who the team was? Ooh, 03. 2003, let's see. 01 was the Diamondbacks. I, well, would have been Jim Leland? <laughs> no, this is the Marlins. This is McKeon. No. Very good. Yeah. McKeon. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Jim Leland, the previous record holder before Jack McKeon. Um, there you go. Good job. But yeah, Jack McKeon, Florida, who they beat? The Yankees. Yankees. Yeah. yeah. And who was the MVP? Was that Burnett? Not Burnett. I'm sorry, not Burnett. No. Uh, um, the other, the other, the one. other one. Yeah, Burkett. yeah the other, Burkett, Josh thank Burkett. You. Yeah, thank you. Beckett, 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 Beckett yes. Burnett, Josh, Burkett. Oh, why couldn't all those guys get together at the same we, time? We, that would have been. We just confused like six different pitchers trying to get one name. <laughs> yep, that was. 
Burkett was John Burkett. That was, yeah. that was like when you do a trivia night and you're just screaming out stuff. It's like, you know the I do know the answer. I just can't get it out. <laughs> John Burkett, AJ Burnett, Josh Beckett, will they get there? Yes, they will. Woo! Oh, guys. Woo! The chicken in the wow. guy in his, uh, you know, later iteration of the eight-day Boston Red Sox. Um, okay, so the Super Bowl this year. Anybody know who won the Super Bowl? Anybody know who lost the Super Bowl? Uh, okay, so that's two years after the tuck rule. Uh-huh. Right? The, yeah, that was 2001. Right, so... Yeah. so Random way to put that. <laughs> uh, 2003. No, I'm, I'm, it I'm, is I'm, weird, but correct. Uh, we're getting there weird ways today, folks. Just hang on. Buckle up. <laughs> I'm just trying to, I'm trying to place, because you know, the Patriots obviously didn't win back-to-back after 01. Wait, no, this is a... Uh, um, Oh, this is Tampa Bay. It's, it's a weird one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2002 season, 2003. Yeah. This is when uh, the, what, what wasn't known as the Gruden Bowl, but it could have been called the pre-Gruden Bowl. Right, that was Tampa Bay. Buccaneers yeah. beat the Raiders. Yeah. Yeah. Tampa, Oakland. Yes, Tampa Bay wins the game over Oakland, 48-21. John Gruden, of course, the winning coach with Tony Dungy's team. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. Does anybody know who the MVP was? This is a weird one. Very weird. I don't know if anybody's going to know this or not. All right, let's see. The quarterback for the Bucks was Brad Johnson, right? It was not Brad Johnson. It was not Brad Johnson. I'm, I'm a, it was actually, it wasn't this Trent Dilfer? Um, uh, yeah, this would have been Dilfer. Was it Trent Dilfer? Trent Dilfer would have been the quarterback. Yeah, Trent Dilfer. Mm-hmm. He was not yeah, the Anthony was um, known for their defense. Yeah. But yeah, I, don't think, I don't think Warren Sapp ever won a... Mm-hmm. Right. It was not Warren um, this is only the second person at this position to ever win the Super Bowl oh. And I believe there have only been three of them all time. Um, well, that's got to be a lineman then, right? Like, it's got to be... No. No? No, no linemen, linemen were real popular in the, the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, there was a yeah. good handful. Yeah, so, this is actually a safety. Um, it is the only other safety oh. to ever win a Super Bowl MVP was Jake Scott, and that's the 1973 that you know, the Dolphins perfect season Super Bowl. Um, this is the only other one. Huh. I got nothing. I got nothing on that. Yeah, I, I can't remember the safeties from that. Yeah, day. this is a rough one, guys. Dexter Jackson. Wow. At his moment. And then he didn't really have any more. Why? Uh, Why did he win it? Did he have like a pick six? I believe he had two interceptions. Um, okay. <laughs> so, um, good for him. Yeah, good job. Weird one. So, good job, Dexter. Don't know what you're up to now, but these are good for you. Um, all right. NBA Finals, guys. Who's the winner here? This is an easy one. That was already an easy one. Oh, man. 2003. Yeah. I am blanking on the early 2000s. They were kind of on a run during this time. Um, oh, it, uh, is it, is, is Spurs. It? Yeah. 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 Who, that was, who, they, who they be? This is uh, weirder. This is weirder. Uh, who the <laughs> Spurs? Who they beat in 03? I, uh... Since you're telling me weird, I'm, I'm not, like... Did the Knicks somehow make it or something? Okay, like that? almost. You're almost there. Just pick the other one. The one oh, that- uh, 
Oh, New Jersey Nets. Yeah. So before the move, but I wow, I didn't know what. New Jersey Nets, not the Brooklyn Nets. Yep. Very oh. good. And who was the MVP? One I, of the towers. Oh, yeah, go Tim Duncan. Favorite player of all time. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so all right. I've always had this like hate, like love hate relationship with the Spurs. Like I hate the Spurs, but I love Pop and I love Tim Duncan. So. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Gotta love Pops. (laughs) Gotta love Timmy. Um, Okay, so how about the NCAA football championship? We're we're in BCS territory now. Please keep in mind that this is the 2002 season, even though this game is taking place in 2003. So this is the festival, but match it to the 2002 season. Hmm. This was a, a banger of a championship game. Double overtime. Oh, uh, Ohio State, Miami. Yeah, yeah. There you yep. go. There you yep. go. Good job. Good job. And uh, how about uh, Chris Madness? Can we not talk about that? I was afraid you were going to do this. I, I don't want to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I know. As a, as a Longhorn fan, this was painful. This was a, this was really a painful year. Rough one if you're a Texas fan. Um, Sorry, Texas. But it's not. They didn't. They lost the final four to the eventual champion, but they did not. Um, that was Carmelo Anthony's Syracuse Orange. Yeah. Um, I have to say that now. Orange. Um, they beat three straight Big Twelve teams in the last three games. They did. They they had not been a good program for a very, very long time prior to this, and this is sort of the beginning of the, the, the Syracuse basketball. Uh, yeah. Renaissance. Well, it was a it was a run of, because it was the UConn team a couple years later was the same that wasn't great during the year, but they got right in March. Mm-hmm. And and that's, I mean, that's what we saw again this year. You get right at the right time, and you're unstoppable. <laughs> yep. How many counts? A little bit like baseball that way, actually. Uh, but yeah, that was Syracuse. You know who they beat? Three point game. Yeah, yeah. Syracuse yep. three point game over Kansas, Texas, and Marquette. The runners up there. Uh, also, this is the year that Apple launched iTunes. Oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was elected the governor of California for the first Ooh. time. <laughs> um, so that's and, dark history. <laughs> so and, and Harry Potter book five. Release. This is Order of the Phoenix came out this year. Um, it was a tougher read for the Harry Potter fans. Somebody who, you know, very notoriously called their then boyfriend, now husband at work, and told the secretary it was an emergency because Sirius Black died. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> 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 Guys, it was like his third week on the job. I feel really bad about that. <laughs> Maybe it was not my best moment. Um, definitely called out. It was an emergency. It was. Uh, maybe not my best moment. Um, but, so let's, let's move away from both stupid things and stupid things. Just out of college. Um, I, <laughs> the thing is, it's like, I'm not surprised. Like, it, it does not shock me. <laughs> I, well, neither was he. That was the thing. He was just like, I credit to him. He reacted very calmly. He was just like, um, okay, um, 
do you think that you'll be okay until six o'clock and I'll call you from the parking lot? And I was like, okay, I think I can make it. Like, <laughs> so I were being asked to do something very difficult, but that I would soldier on to help him out. Like I, <laughs> so anyway, you know, credit to him for putting up with me, still putting up with me actually. <laughs> so we probably haven't gotten any better. Uh, like to think my judgment is slightly better and things like that, but you know, you never know. It, it is Harry Potter. Take these things very seriously. So, um, good news for you guys. This is a good year for movies. A lot of stuff here that I think that we all agree. Uh-huh. It's quite good. Music, maybe not quite so much. But uh, so, where, where do you guys want to start? You want to start with movies? You want to start with music? It's up to you. I mean, I think movies, Irby. What do you think? Yeah, we did well on sports. Let's keep rolling. Okay. Before we, we, we peter out terribly. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks for that vote of confidence there, Irby. Jeez. I, I mean, hey. I, there are no artists named Peter in the top ten, so good try, though. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't get to get top ten. Is there any between 11 and 19? There you go. There's where I'm going <laughs> to... Not unless I am not aware of someone's stage name that their real name is Peter, but. <laughs> uh, Peter right. Cetera didn't make a big comeback in 2003. I um, unfortunately, Peter Cetera was asked by that. I, 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 03 movies, so this is <laughs> right in the heart of the uh, Lord of the Rings series, and this would have been yeah. the end of. I So, because of how popular they were, it's Return of the King. But did Two Towers, potentially? Because those were all late December releases. Those all came out Christmas time, right before Christmas. Okay, that is an excellent observation, because, yes. So, Return of the King is number four here, but it came out on December 17th. So, it made all that money in, like, a week and a half. Yeah. Yeah. And Two Towers, which was released December 18th, the year before in 2002 was still in theaters in 2003 in the beginning of 2003 and it ranks at number 16 here so very very good oh. to mention both of that okay well because of that I can I it's just like the blackjack can I double down yeah um, this is in the heart of the matrix when they uh, the matrix yeah there you go but yeah and this similar, is similar like, like revolutions would have been 03 I think um and then the year before would have, or actually, like not even the year before. They, 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 no, they, no, no, they were six months apart, right? Yes, yes, yes. They came out boom, boom. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm gonna need the other one. Yeah, it's, not all right, it's reloaded. Reloaded. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know what number that is because I only saw one Matrix movie. That was number two and three. Um, but yeah, so that is number three on this list. So Ooh. good job. Okay, we, we were also okay. we were we were also getting to know uh, one Jack Sparrow. Yes. Yeah. Good job. So that would that would be the first one, wouldn't it? That is correct. Yeah, Pirates of the Good Caribbean. Yeah. Okay. Did he get his jar of dirt? Uh, no. Nope. That's no. number two. Oh. I yeah. wish that had been the jar of dirt. I'm sorry about that. It's number two. But, yes, I did see that movie. I, I don't go to the movies often, but this was a big year for me because I'm pretty sure I saw Two Towers five times in the theater. So probably <laughs> only one of those would have been in 2002 and the rest would have been in 2003. I also saw Pirates, Curse of the Black Pearl three or four times in the theater. Um, yeah. So, 
Yeah, so that's mm. number two. So you've got two, three, and four. Still missing your jar of dirt. The good news for you guys is the number one movie one you are going to get. So you're not going to have any trouble getting this if you, you think through it. I think you're actually going to be able to get all of these except maybe one. So okay. if you've seen this, <laughs> you've definitely All right, so doing better than Lord of the Rings, Pirate, this has got to be Pixar. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, 2003, that's, that, that's too early for Monsters, Inc., right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Finding Nemo. And you have got your jar of dirt. Yes. That is the number one movie for nice. 2003. Yeah, that's Good job. Jar yeah. You? Um, okay. Yeah, you got me on like Oscar stuff now because now I'm trying to think of the. Is that all right? So this uh, one's sticking out really well with me. Won an Oscar. <laughs> no, no, no. Because I remember sitting and watching and wanting the Lord of the the Return of the King to go eleven for eleven that year, and it did, and it was amazing. And I'm trying to remember, and and it's the only reason because it was nominated for a lot, and I don't think it won anything except for a song, and that would be Chicago. There you go. Good job. That is number eight. How the hell do you remember very, this? Very good. I yeah, vividly I'm remember watching that night and just wanting the Oscars like go eleven for eleven because it was the only one they ever did it. Everything that was nominated for won. Jeez. Well, how often do any of us? Well, actually, I can't speak for you guys, but how often do I actually care about the best picture? Like Return of the King is mm-hmm. one of the few things that like I have ever enjoyed that has won best picture. So yep. yeah, I wondered as soon as you said that, I thought, oh, I wonder if he knows because the music from Chicago, mm-hmm. the rest of the stuff. Let me tell you, like there's some great films in here, but they are not Oscar candidates. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So what are we what are we missing? Okay, so you are missing five, six, seven, nine, and ten. All right, so this is if if I've got the year right, it's probably going to be in your honorable mentions. But right around that time, the movie Sideways came out, and it was it was it was not necessarily like talked about, but it was a sneaky Oscar nominated movie all through the place. It might be. Um, I've never seen that, so I don't have it in the honorable mentions, but it may be in there. It's um, right around I that time. Check. It's, it's like, not in the top ten, but it's very possible that that came out this year. Um, it's right around I that time. check on that for you while you guys are working on this. Um, yeah, it was right um, around that okay. time. Right around 03. Yeah, you're, no, you're... you're yeah. Um, it was weird, okay. yeah, because like, Thomas Hayden Church got this like, this crazy supporting actor nomination for the Oscars and everyone was like, what is this movie? And then, then it got popular after that. Okay, okay, no, it Sideways is 2004. Yeah, because it won for um, screenplay and it wouldn't have because it would have been up again. Guys, none of these are Oscar candidates. That's true. Um, oh, oh, we're in the early 2000s, so there's got to be one of the 10 Fast and Furious in here, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Number 15, actually, Too oh. Furious. Fifteen. But there are 20. a number of sequels in here. Um, there are three of them, actually. Of the six remaining, or I guess, wait, how many of you guys have left? You have five left. Of the five you have left, oh, three of them are sequels. Is, is Men in Black 2 in there? No, no. too early. Oh, mm. good guess. Is there a Lethal Weapon? 
I can't remember. No, uh, no. Uh, well, no, not at this point. I can't remember when four came out. <laughs> it was there was, this. There was um, a <laughs> What is, what are we watching? Oh man, what um, kind of sequels back then? There's one of them is a comic book movie. The other oh, two X-Men. I would class as X Men. Yeah, there you go. X two. Yep. X Men um, which I will contend is the greatest comic book movies of all time. The original X Men Hundred percent. That's bold. all been downhill since then. All been downhill. <laughs> the stuff that's out there now is garbage. Can't stand it. Outstanding. Um all right, so I need, more sequel stuff. I need two more sequels. They are both action movies. One of them is very much rooted in reality, and one of them is not. But they are definitely both action movies. Actually, one of them is a third, not a sequel. Um, it is the third in the series, and one of them is the second. The one that's the second, Bo. You you guess this all the time, so guess it again, and it will be right this time. Major League Three. Sorry, I just had to do it. <laughs> just I know it's not right, but just in the chance I can steal it from him. <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying to think of so evil. I'm, well, first of all, Major League Three is never going to be on a top ten list anywhere. That's true. That's true. Except, um, except in my head. Um, yeah. In both <laughs> heart. It was. Movie. It was worth it to steal that from you. It was worth it to <laughs> on the ten thousand one chance. Um. Um. Huh. I'm trying to get that third one. What? What? What, what would be that third one in 2003? Yeah, you well, guys know the, what both of these are. He the said not in reality. Wait, was the not in reality, was that the X-Men? No, I would have called that a comic book okay. movie. This is an okay. action movie that is not rooted in reality. The one that's the sequel is an action movie that is, well, reality. I'm using the term reality loosely, but it could happen. The one that's the sequel could happen. Is this there, one, probably not. Is there a rush is hour in here? Ooh. No. No. Oh. Mm-hmm. Although you're, there's a similarity with Rush Hour with one of these. Oh, Bad Boys. Yeah. There you go. Bad, Bad Boys too. There you go. Absolutely <laughs> out, outstanding film. By the way. One of the best <laughs> movies <laughs> of all time, and I didn't get it. I, <laughs> there are four oh. movies, five movies on this list that I consider among the best of all. Is a good year for movies? Yeah, yeah, Return of the King, Curse of the Black Pearl, Bad Boys 2, and then one more that you still have to get, all five of which I consider some of the best movies I've ever made, which should tell you everything about my taste in movies. But um, right, so there's, the- there's one more that I need from you guys that, that is one of my favorites. And then we also have this third one, and then we have a comedy that's not funny, but it is technically a comedy. Um, right, so, so, so- comedy that's not funny? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who do I hate? Who do I hate? Who do I not think is funny? But, but, and this is the list. <laughs> <laughs> this individual on the list. <laughs> the list is not short. Um, but <laughs> all right. So the, the one that was the third one, the third yeah. in the series, that would have had the, the series would have had to start in the late nineties, then, right? You know, they don't. Uh, it's yeah, the they're not doing a movie a year. The, no, the series started in the eighties. In the eighties. Mm-hmm. The this one's in the 80s, the second one's in the 90s, and the third one is in 2003. Oh. second one was made in 92, I believe. Uh, that's not a, sure about the first one. That's a horse of a different color. Okay. Um, you are very well, They made two movies, and then they took a long break and decided mm-hmm. they needed another paycheck. Yes. And that's they... exactly how you should think about this. 
<laughs> it was not as good as the first two. Oh, uh, yeah, Terminator. There you go. Oh. He's right. Yeah. Nice. I forgot they took a big break, but he, yeah, that was. Um, it's not great. So. No, because, well, Arnold's not even in it, is he? No. Yeah, well, yeah, he, he is. is. He is. Well, he's in it. No, yeah. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. He did T3, which is right when he was about to run for governor. And then the next one was one where he's not in. Okay. It's Christian Bale. And he comes back, I think, for Salvation. If, that's, if I got that right. Yes. Okay. Yep. Oh, wow. Right, T3. Wow. Okay. All right, so that was number nine. So we're missing one of your favorite movies? Yes. Yeah, you're missing one of my favorite movies. That is, it's number seven on this list. And then we're missing the fun, the not funny comedy, which is number five. Hmm. All right, so not oh, funny. that's going to be, is that Adam Sandler? The other one. The, the other one. one. The other person I hate. I actually hate this person way more than I hate Adam Sandler because... Adam Sandler's such a nice person that I feel like I'm not allowed to hate him, even though I don't think his movies are funny. Um, this person, I have such... Well, actually, I don't know that he's not a nice person, but I hate his movies. I don't think they're funny. He's a, he starts a little bit before Adam Sandler, I think. I think the first one of this person's stuff would be a little bit before the first Adam Sandler movie. So he's a little bit passe at this point. And it's, is he always comedy? Yes. Well, for the most, or, him, we've seen him try to do not comedy and it didn't go great. Um, but okay. yeah, for the most part, it is always comedy. Um, um, he does have one movie that I think is funny. We talked about it last week. Ooh. Why am I thinking of uh, Shallow House? Is this a Jack Black film? No, I, I don't actually have any objections to Jack Black. Okay. Um, uh, is it, uh, oh, is it Jim Carrey? Yeah, there you go. Oh. What did he do in 03? Oh, uh, it would have been uh, Bruce Almighty. Yep, there you ah. go. That's number five. Yep. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Evan Almighty right, was so much better. Neither so was good. All time favorite here at number seven. Okay. I'm sure you, got, you, got, you guys like this movie, too. Everyone likes this movie. It was panned. Panned by critics, but everybody loves it. Well, the good ones always are. I it's... agree. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, John? You said um, this a holiday. Oh, a holiday film, number seven. Elf. There you go. Oh, <laughs> good job, though. Yeah. Good job. Elf. <laughs> All right. Honorable mentions. You guys got two of them. You got two fast, two furious. You got two towers. At number thirty-five, here's your Jack Black, School of Rock. Oh, great movie. At number, nice. number thirty-six, Old School. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. Number thirty-eight, Kill Bill Volume One. Oh, so violent, but so good. It's really a good movie. I mean, it's very hard to watch, but it's good. It's a good movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> And at number forty-two, this is this was not a popular one, but I really liked it. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. You know, I actually I just watched that a few weeks ago. It's really good. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, obviously, I saw it when it came out. It's it's one of my guilty pleasures. Kind of like Major League Three. Like so many people hate it. I'm like, what's not to like? This is this is no, awesome. I, it's fun. I love that movie. Right, it's exactly. Excellent. It's fun. 
Excellent. All right, so that, that'll do it for movies. How about music? Oh, boy. This is... <laughs> is there anything from Chicago? <laughs> <laughs> no, Chicago. I'm out. <laughs> no, no. I mean, th- there are some here that you guys will get. Just, um, just keep swimming. Just, just, right, so, uh, 2003 uh we're right in the middle of eminem uh nelly is probably yeah yeah oh uh, so is, uh what's the other one uh 50 cents cent yeah that's the one i want that's yeah. the one you want right there 50 cent okay yeah. so um what was his what was it in the club Irby. Got the jar of dirt. Double, double jar of dirt for you. Double jar of dirt, oh, yes. That was the number one song in 2003, In the Club, by wow. Cents. He had Yikes. a number of songs in here. Uh, the rest are not in the top ten. At number 20 was Magic Stick, and number 21, P.I.F.T. Oh. oh. Terrible. Right, Terrible stuff. Covers, covers <laughs> I, yeah, it's all downhill after In the Club. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. why he was, you know, 250. I'm sorry, I have to stop. Uh, um, okay, keep keep what you're doing there. Uh, the, so, let's the, see, 003, is there a Britney Spears album in 03? No. No, no she's, she's under house arrest at this point. Not yet. Not, Not yet. yet. That was 07. Not yet. Between, yeah. between albums. Um, <laughs> this is the year, this will be the year... Before the toxic, right, 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 okay, right, right. yeah. So that this is in between two and three. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So you said Nelly. Um, yeah, not in the top said, ten though. Um, is um. Nelly's at oh, uh, with shake your tail feather. Th- this is so embarrassing. I don't know. Remember all this? It would be Little John and the East Side Boys. Ah <laughs> uh, no, no, oh. no, no, not seen that. Um. There are plenty of the, that type of. Well, there's one, two, three that I, I would consider to be roughly the same genre here. Um, one of these people is in jail. So that's that fun. doesn't help. Sorry. Um, one of these people is in jail for something like really bad, like like R. Kelly bad. There you go. There's your guy. <laughs> Literally, R. Kelly. I I don't even care what song with him. <laughs> Ignition. Uh, Ignition. Okay. That's number two. That's number two. Oof. Um. Who else was? Would we have had like a? Jay Z's still making stuff at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's in here, um, but it's not his song. He's the feature. All right, you guys are gonna have to forgive me for saying this, but I, I've got to throw it out there. Is there a Nickelback song on this list? There is not, Wait. although you have the timing right. Oh. Yeah, there are there are some Nickelbacks. You know, the top 100 did not make note of them because they didn't want to put that be responsible for putting that in anyone's head. But you are you have the right time, and there are some we'll call them Nickelback adjacent bands here. Nickelback adjacent, not quite as bad, but of a similar bent. This is too early. Like this is puddles early. of mud. This is too early. Or, uh, Superman, right? Yeah. For who? Um, Superman. The song Superman. It, it was a one-hit oh, wonder. Oh. Uh, Oh no, it's not a one-hit wonder. That band is in here, um, with Ooh. a different, different oh. 
Um, yeah, no, uh, three doors down. Yeah, yeah, different. Not so. That would have been uh, wow. When I'm gone. There you go. That's number five. Good job. Okay, how how have I gone this amount of time? Twenty years without realizing that Superman was a three door, three three doors down song. I thought they were. Hey, that's what we're here for. I thought there was. That's what time capsule is here for. In your defense, I mean, it doesn't sound like it's important to recall three doors down. No, but that's that. That's not. Wasn't really their sound. I, they're all like the same band to me, like them and like Nickelback and like Creed and Creed. That's the other one. What's what's Creed. the other one that's Puddle like, of Mud? Oh, Lifehouse and Puddle of Mud was like a little bit. Well, they wanted to be more hardcore, but yeah, um, Linkin yeah. Park and all those and um, what's the other one? Right. Hold on, Linkin Park. I'm a big Linkin Park guy. Don't put them in with these guys. Oh, I will. I, I no. Okay, um, you guys got to give me that one. That's my baseball. That was my sports one. <laughs> I will still listen to my Lincoln Park. You can just Chester is no can, longer with us. You can just say baseball and get a pass. Yes, I can. Yes, I have two jars of dirt, and I'm going to use them. <laughs> That's fair. Um, okay, we'll <laughs> better, than, better than using uh, baseball. I, whatever it takes. <laughs> um. Uh, We've heard this is not nearly as bad as the week that you admitted you went to a Lifehouse concert. So. That's true. That's true. Oh, course, so. Yeah. <laughs> it really happened. I really did admit it. Yeah. What um, and I believe at some point, Bo and I both admitted to having the witch say la vie in our um, yeah. playlist. So, you know, it's, it, this is a safe space for bad musical taste. It's okay. Yeah, talk, hey, I mean, that, we'll razz you for it, but it is a safe space. Talk about a one hand. That has been. That has been the beauty of Time Capsule, is revealing these little things that were like, wow, I did not know my friends as well as I did before. Oh, it's, it's like Spotify wrapped. It's like, that's yeah. why I love when people post those, because it's like, everyone's insane. Like, when you see those, mm-hmm. like, everybody has completely unhinged musical taste. It's kind of great. Like, you think you're like the weirdo, and it's like, no, everyone's weird. Like, yeah. there's an yeah. extraordinary number of people who like, listen to things that you think are horrible, like, you know, 900 times in a year or something. It's so great. <laughs> makes us all feel a little bit better about the weird and crazy things that we listen to when we're using headphones. <laughs> um, but, all right, coming back to this, because we, we got a long way to go here, guys. Um, I, I mean, I need seven more songs from you. So, uh, what can oh, we I, I got a couple of... Um, uh, things that I would throw roughly into the 50 cent genre. Um, one more that I'm... We'll go back to... The, I said, we said Jay-Z. You said yeah, no Jay-Z, he, but he's involved? He's a feature on one Well, is it with is it with the Mrs. Jay-Z? With yeah. Beyonce? There you go. Okay. It's the first one. Uh, Crazy in Love. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Actually, I think Bonnie and Clyde was released this year, too, but it's not in the top ten. So, yeah. Yeah, that was number four. So I need number three, which is a like reggaeton, I guess you would call it song. You know it very well. Everybody knows it. I did not know it by title, um, but you're familiar with the artist and certainly the song. Reggae. I don't know my reggae. Not reggae. So think like club anthem. Irby, I think you brought up this artist before. He has two first names. He has two first names. Good. Uh, Marky Mark. <laughs> Marky Mark. Uh, no, Marky Mark. No, I mean he has last name first names. Last name. Two first names. Two first 
<laughs> That's technically we have two first names. Uh, <laughs> it's in a different way. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember being in my 20s. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm struggling too. There, there, there was a lot of late yeah. nights at the club, and I can't remember anything outside because like the, the, the one bar we went to, that's all I played was Nelly, Eminem, and and and. Well, that's the sad thing about the Fear <sighs> Boys and Girls is we were in the club listening to in the club. Yeah, um, yeah we were. Two yeah, we were. first names. Well, I said Coke. this name on here before. Yeah, you've brought this person up before. Um, he's, I don't know if he's still around, but he, he lasts a while after this. It's, it's not something I'm a fan of, but it's definitely one of those, like, you would have known it, it would have been all the time in the club. Um, we were at the right age for clubbing then, um, mm -hmm. so, before one learns to know better, don't go to the club. So, yeah, two first names. He has the same first name as someone who was in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. We'll come back to that. And the same last name as someone who has it as a first name who was in Too Fast and Furious. Hmm. And one of them is dead. And it, I think yeah. my brain just shut down. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I kind of two thought, actors. I kind of thought. John Paul. Two first John Paul. There you go. Very good. John yeah. Connery, Paul Walker. Oh. There you go. Yeah. Excellent. Good work. Way to figure that out. Okay, Sean Paul. Yeah, do you want to take a shot at the song, or do you want me to tell you? I, I didn't know it by title. Um, anybody? No. No. Get Busy. That's number three. Oh. I've seen Paul Walker and Sean Connery dancing to that in the club. I don't need it. Um, yeah. All right, so I'm going to need, let's see. Let's try to get the other song that is somewhat in the same you know, sphere is that um, this it's is number seven. There's another. It's I don't know if I would really call this reggaeton so much as hip hop. Um, there is a deliberately misspelled word in the title because it is how the person pronounces the word. Well, all right. So I'm gonna go back to the too fast, too furious stuff. Is this like is it ludicrous uh, or not ja rule? No, but right genre of people and okay. song. Um, who else was in those movies? Oh, I guess it's not certain. Uh, and the title is misspelled on purpose. Yeah, it's because he's spelling it phonetically the way that he says it. And it's something that got repeated a lot. And then he made it rhyme with something else that he was mispronouncing. A theme here. <laughs> but down your hair. Man, I got nothing on this. Oh, right there. <laughs> yes. There you go. You know what the artist is? Nope. <laughs> I just know it right there. <laughs> right there. Spelled T H U R R. Um, that is Chingy. And that is number seven. Good for um, him. <laughs> All right, so what I'm still looking for from you guys is sort of a pop adult contemporary song. Um, actually, I'm looking for two of those. One of them is a duet, and one of them is a band. I'm looking for a song by another dead person who shows up here frequently, which we never get right. And then I'm looking for some early emo. Oh, early emo? 
Yeah. Okay, I, I hear emo. I think Avril Lavigne. Ooh. Mm, more. Oh. Less poppy. Well, just as poppy. Less happy. I think Avril was a bit less happy than Avril Lavigne. <laughs> Wow. Hey, she just wanted her skater boy, okay? Yeah, it sounded happy. It doesn't matter if she was saying things or, you know, why does it got to be so complicated? It was catchy and happy. And she yeah. wanted her skater boy on it, the damn cold nights. And I, I Less happy, happy than Avril Lavigne. Um, yeah. Wow. Um, this uh, was more, it's sort of haunting, I guess, the way it sounds. It doesn't a female lead singer. I believe the rest of the band was male. Um, oh, oh, Evanescence. Yeah, there you go. Oh, oh, bring me to life. There you go. Good job. That is number 10. Okay. That was a good song. Sorry. It was. Yeah, it's, it's actually not a bad song. It just got really overplayed. Her voice, yeah, her voice, it, that was some range that she had. Uh, yeah, she's a, yeah, and it sounded cool, like the way that, it's very almost creepy sounding in a good way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, not a bad one. One of the better songs yes, on here. She definitely was not as happy as Avril Lavigne. That was, that's mm-hmm. a good, that's see, good yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can now. And I'll never be able to unsee that every time I see Avril Lavigne and I can't see them in Oh, I need a okay. turkey or something. Let me turn on Skater Boy. <laughs> Speaking of unhappy, this person is dead. Huh. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I, 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 I know, I'm sorry. That was awful. Please don't cancel me. Um, this person is only in this top ten because they are dead. Let me... Uh, is this Amy Winehouse? <laughs> Too early. Too early. Too early. And also, she was a legitimate. I, I, I'm pretty sure she was. Oh, that's fair. That's, that's this fair. is a person who was definitely known before they were alive, but got a lot more popular after they were dead. But uh, it is a one-named singer. This isn't Tupac, uh, is it? Can't be Tupac. No, no, no. I said only popular because they're dead. Not yeah. popular because they are dead and good. Yeah. And this person has a lovely voice that is not really, I don't know. Somebody probably loves this person and is unsubscribing from this podcast right now because I have made a joke of this. But, and said their music sucks. But, um, yeah. Would it have been, been, been another round of Selena? No, not. this. Okay, so this person died in a plane crash. They weren't murdered. It's a female singer, one name. And it's not. Oh, oh, uh, Aaliyah. Thank yes. You. Yes. yes. Don't, don't know the song, just remember. I, the yeah, the song is called Tragic. Into You. I don't know what song that is, but that is number eight. That's, wow, that's kind of haunting as well. The song was Miss You. <laughs> I'm sure that's the only reason it's in the top ten. Um, I, uh, Okay, so now I'm looking for a band, a pop band, um, probably more popular in the late 90s, but still in their, you know, still in their prime a little bit here, Um, as well as a duet between two people who are both um, very well-known at this point in time on their own. They they came together and they did a duet. Hmm. All right, so late 90s band and into the... What's the genre again for the band? Um, I, I, I'm sure they would like to be classed as alternative, but it is not. <laughs> <Pop>. <laughs> Sugar Ray. 
<laughs> he guesses everything. Uh, uh, let's see. We've seen this band before in other ones, and we've also seen the lead singer of this band collaborating with someone else mm. in the year 1999, I believe. Hmm. Did a song with Santana that year? This is actually. Oh! Band. Uh, yeah, Rob Thomas. Uh, so, yeah. Matchbox 20. Yeah, what song? Oh, oh. Three. It's not their best work. Oh. But it was really, really overplayed. Someone thought it was their best joke, just not me. Um, Um, But I'm not a big Xbox Twenty guy. Bent is it bent? Uh, No. Um. Uh, Oh man, I'm blanking. He's not crazy. He's just a little. Oh, oh, unwell. Unwell. There you, there there you yes. go. There you go. All right, that's number six. One more. Give you that duet. It's number nine. Two people. One of these people I think we all still like, even though she's not really around, and the other guy everybody hates. <laughs> that, like, Missy Elliott? I can Tina Turner. Uh... <laughs> I can Tina Turner. <laughs> <laughs> No, we already did the dead one. We don't, we don't Sorry. This person as much as we hate uh, <laughs> This person was not um, harming the person they're singing a duet with. In fact, I don't think they were even dating. Um, but. Okay. Um, hmm. we we're, really, we're really stepping in at this week. R. Kelly. I can see this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Been rough. Thank you for staying with us if you're still here. Uh, <laughs> oh, um, those that are still here are yelling at us right now. Yeah, uh, would it have been like a uh, um, Christina Aguilera? Uh, no, um, older, older, less, less bubblegum pop, more adult contemporary pop. Jennifer Lopez. Oh, Jayla was there. Still... No, more suburban mom than that. We talked about her, I believe, when we were talking about some of the more mid-90s ones. She had a very popular album then. Um, and had some popular albums since. It's not Cheryl Crow, is it? Yes, 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 yes. There's oh, good job. Oh, okay, so it's um, yeah. Oh, this is a terrible song. Yeah. Oh. Is it the one with Kid Rock? Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, God. Photo, uh, picture? Picture? Oh. Picture, yes. Oh, I hated that song. God, it it's was... not a great song, and my goodness, did that song get played a lot. It's so, oh. yes. so overplayed. It, oh, man. It's not good. Oh, um, give us honorable mentions quickly and get, get that picture out of my mind. Oh, okay. Honor, honorable mentions. <laughs> some, some better stuff here. You guys got a lot of these. You've got uh, Magic Stick and Pimp by 50 Cent and uh, I think we mentioned Shake Your Tail Feather mm-hmm. uh, by Nelly at number 13. Uh, number 28, Lose Yourself by Eminem, which was actually released in 2002, but it was still hanging around here. Ah, so that that's song. worth mentioning. Number 30 and number 32, same artist, Justin Timberlake, his solo debut, Cry Me a River and yeah. Rocky Body. Mm-hmm. And at number 6, 36, uh, this one was also mentioned, Missy Elliott, Working. Yeah, that was some good stuff. I'm a little surprised we didn't guess Justin Timberlake. I am too now. now All that stuff. Look, look I thought back. that was why later. I... That's why. I thought his first solo album came later. 
Like, I was very surprised uh-huh. to see it. I thought it was more like 2005 when it came out. But, um, well, it, it, I mean, yeah, this is... I mean, it, it makes sense. He, he releases Carmine River, and then the next year, Britney Spears releases Toxic. I mean, it's perfect. Well, right. I remember the video for Crying in River, which yes. Charles Johansson was in it, but she was clearly supposed to be Britney Spears, and the implication was that she had cheated on him, and we all, I mean, we all know Justin Timberlake was, you know, kind of the asshole there now, but we didn't find that out until, like, two years ago. You know, like, we yeah. thought she was the bad guy. It's, it was very, very recent when we found out who was the problem uh, in that equation, and it was definitely Justin Timberlake, but at the time, I think we were all very sympathetic to him, right? Because we were. it was kind of crazy. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, JT. JT. Really stuff. Missy Elliott, Eminem. Uh, not too bad. Some, some bad stuff. Some good stuff. And some excellent movies. Some excellent. Really movies, excellent yeah. movies here. So, some great stuff here. So, good job. You guys did well this week, actually. Really nailed the movies. You did a lot better on the music uh, than I thought you would. So, good job, everyone. That closes <laughs> the book on 2003 and on the time capsule for the season. I think that's what we'll call it, right? The season right. of we'll time see. capsule is over. So, the time capsule will rejoin us. In the fall, uh, but more interactive fun, guys. Don't worry, we got great stuff coming for you. The time capsule going into hibernation mode for now. Just for now, just just for a little bit. Yeah, you know, we'll we, we, we've done this like you know about what twenty weeks in a row now. So mm-hmm. you know, change it up a little bit. But the, you know, the time capsule has been fun. Uh, so we're definitely gonna definitely gonna bring that back. So, but for now. We're out of here. Until next week. I don't know. Maybe, maybe take a gander at those pirates. That'd be kind of fun. Or just watch baseball in general. It's always a good idea. Don't forget to give us a like. Give us a review. Subscribe to the show. Help us out with that algorithm so we can hit some more, uh, some more peeps. But until next week. Watch some baseball. It's good for you. <laughs>